How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me is Leonard. This is a show about wrestling. And first things first, Happy New Year, Leonard. Happy New Year to you. And I'd like to mention that I'm wearing Chad's uh, Christmas present to me, which is an I Love Beaver t-shirt for all the Beaver you know, Cleavage fans out there like us. And, you know, I, I would love to know how many copies of that shirt he has sold. But uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm, we, Chad and I are actually, uh, we're going to a, a wrestling convention on March 12th. I think this is the first mention of that. And I'm seriously thinking about wearing this shirt. There you go. That will, it will that definitely probably one of the, It's one of the only places on earth I could probably wear this shirt. That's true. <laughs> that is very true. Well, Leonard, any, any New Year's resolutions you care to speak of? You know, I'm not a big fan of, of New Year's resolutions. Uh, the only thing I will say is I resolved not to spill the tea, literally or figuratively. Uh, another thing I mentioned is that I'm coming to you from a new device tonight. Uh, my uh, family, my uh, sister and her family, and my mom got me a new Chromebook. And this is, I just got it tonight as of this recording. And so this is one of the first things I'm, I'm doing on it. All right. Well, no, no wrestling resolutions. Well, we talked about me starting to watch AEW at least, and I haven't started that yet. But um, well, this would be a, this would be a good week to start it. Um, yes, we're coming to you from a Tuesday, and um, as far as uh, tomorrow goes, Wednesday they're switching over to TBS, and the first um, main event match is a uh, Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page two. So. Yeah, and I do have plans on on watching that. Uh, side note, my 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 wife is starting an art class, so I'll be alone on Wednesday evenings, which will go. be a good time for me to be able to to watch the, the TBS show. She's helping us so, out. She's helping us out, whether she knows it or not. Yes, so so I do have plans to watch that, and maybe we'll start adding that to the show. A few minutes of AEW talk as as I get into it. Right. Well, I, I would love to watch. Uh, I'm always looking to watch more stuff that I don't get a chance to watch, like some of the stuff from Japan or, you know, even though ROH is obviously winding down, um, mm -hmm. uh, is I would love to watch more of that classic stuff if I can ever find, get my hands on it. But anyway, um, this week we are going to be coming at you with a topic that only we would think of. Am I right, Leonard? Yes. Yes. It's true. So, we are coming at you with a ranking list that Leonard has dubbed the Rose Garden. And that is because we are going to be ranking every person that incorporates the name Rose or a variation thereof. We are going to be ranking them from 10 to 1. Right, Leonard? Yes. And I should say it's not everyone. There are several indie wrestlers that, that I don't think anyone is, is probably much aware of that incorporated a Rose name. So they're not part of the list. I kind of went with the 10 that I went, oh, I kind of know who they are. Uh, just so the folks know who we're dealing with here, our list, our pool uh, in vague alphabetical order is going to be Adam Rose, Angel Rose, Buddy Rose, Mandy Rose, Nyla Rose, Randy Rose, Rosie, Thunder Rosa, Rosa Mendez, and Rosemary. And uh, how I came upon this was, as I've mentioned before, I do fancy wrestling drafts. And the latest one we've done is a swap draft, which we've not done before. So basically, 
you draft 16 people and then your rosters get randomly switched with someone else. So you're building off of the, the 16 people they drafted. You draft 16 more. It got swapped one more time. And then you had an extra eight slots to kind of clean things up, complete tag teams, stuff like that. So the roster I wound up with had four women on it. And I was like, well, if I'm going to have a women's division, I need a couple more. One guy only had two women. So I made him a trade. Um, it was a Japanese guy I wasn't very much aware of and Butch Reed because he had Ron Simmons for Mandy Rose. And I forget the other lady. Um, but uh, after that, I came to the realization that I had Buddy Rose on my roster. So I was like, oh, that makes sense. I need one more Rose person. And I thought of Adam Rose off the top of my head. And I have a stable called the Rose Garden. But when I was looking up, oh, people named Rose, there was uh, more than I would have thought. And so that's where this ranking idea came from. All right. Well, Leonard, since you came up with this idea, mm -hmm. you can go first with your number 10 pick. Sure. And I would guess that our number 10 might be the same. And then it's probably going to get different from there. I, but made I, would... I made a mistake, so I'm pretty sure it won't be. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I went with Angel Rose. Uh, just because she's the one I'm least familiar with. She's a uh, Cuban-American professional wrestler currently working for AEW. So since she's currently on a national program, I thought to throw her in there. Uh, she primarily works under the name of, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, it's either Di Diamant or possibly Diamante. Uh, and also she's worked under the name Adrenaline, but she has also worked under the name of Angel Rose. Her real name is Priscilla Zaniga. And uh, so just because I'm not too familiar with her, she has wrestled an uh, impact uh, and uh, with AEW seem, seems to be on a very underneath uh, a part of the card. Um, I couldn't really rank her higher than 10 just because I'm not that familiar with her. And also if, and we didn't say this, oh, only consider their Rose work. <laughs> uh, the fact that she hasn't really wrestled under Angel Rose a whole lot, her primary, um, you know, like national television exposure has seemingly been under another, uh, other names. Right. Well, that is not my number 10 pick. Oh, okay. Uh, so my number 10 pick is actually because I made a mistake of who this person actually is, but I'm not changing it because that wouldn't be very much fun, would it? Um, okay. My number 10 pick is Rosemary because I bought... When I saw the name, I was like, oh, I know who that is. That's the person, the annoying person that managed David Flair in WCW. <laughs> that's no, Daphne. That's Daphne, who sadly did pass away yes. in September of 2021. Um, so definitely rest in peace. Um, but I found that character to be extremely irritating and annoying. So that's why I put this person, Rosemary, at 10. Um, but... To, the, to Leonard's point about uh, Angel Rose, I do not know much about Rosemary's work in TNA. I didn't watch TNA, uh, you know, every week by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I will say by looking at her gimmick, it feels like there's a, this type of gimmick in like one of every era. Um, you know, right now in AEW, there's a character called Abaddon. Um, who is similar, you know, just kind of with, you know, the goth and the horror type uh, look, you know, trying to be as scary as possible. Um, they are what they are. Um, some, some of them are okay to me. Others just fall flat. I do not know much about Rosemary's work. Um, and, you know, what I 
have read and heard of is that she's quite capable in the ring. She was in TNA for a very long time. Um, she was in Shimmer before that. Um, she was in a group called Decay, I believe. Yes, yes, yes. With uh, Abyss and Crazy Steve. Right, which is, yeah, great name. So she was uh, the Impact Wrestling Knockouts champion one time, and she was the Impact Knockouts tag team champion uh, with Havoc one time as well. Uh, she's held other titles throughout her career. So she's clearly a quite a capable talent, but unfortunately for her, she ranks 10 on my list. <laughs> well, I have her much higher on my list. I don't know if you want to say where I placed her right now. That's all right. We'll get we'll, there. Or we'll get, get to her. Uh, but uh, I'm actually more familiar with her. I was watching TNA at the time that she first came in. was working with Decay, had some of her bigger runs. And I actually think she's a great talent in the ring and outside, too. She works the character very well. Again, it's one of those kind of crazy goth-type characters. Right. And I know some people might freak out if I compare her to The Undertaker. But there are very similar types of character dealing with the mystical dealing with demonic storylines right. um she's 38 years old which i was surprised i thought she was younger than that uh so she's probably not got a lot left in her career just age-wise you know around 40s uh, where a lot of people retire men or women so i think pretty much where she's at now is kind of where she's going to be but i always liked her work and impact and i definitely think that at the end of her career, when you go back and look, people are going to be like, oh, she was a real highlight of the period of impact in the knockouts division for when she was there. So uh, so I'll just give the number for her when we get there. But, yes, I have her much higher on my list than 10. All right, Leonard, what's your number nine? My number nine is one that you may disagree with is Nyla Rose. Uh, Nyla Rose recently when we um, – I forget what – we were actually talking about, but I got on Nyla Rose and how I didn't really care for uh, what I saw of her when I was originally watching uh, AEW when it first came about. I thought that she was someone who didn't really know, you know how to wrestle for her size and especially work with much smaller wrestlers in the ring. She kind of reminded me of, of Nia Jax and just being kind of big and awkward and not knowing really how to to work at that at that size um you may i know you've been watching more of aew so i'll throw it to you while i look up some stuff more on nyla you know how she has she improved from day one aew to now well i guess it's all what you consider to be improving um i certainly see where you're saying like uh, being a little rough around the edges or certain opponents that she works well with and others that maybe not um she is kind of that Nia Jax, awesome Kong type of uh, type of talent, and I, I don't I don't mind her. Um, I, I do think that when you have somebody like that, it, it's tough to find chemistry sometimes. Uh, you know, as it was with Nia Jax, and as as it was with Awesome Kong. You know, because they're so imposing and strong. You know they're in a class of their own. So it, it sometimes can be tough to find a, a talent that gels well with, with people like that. Um, there is somebody else on this list that I do think gelled with Nyla Rose, but uh, I had her a little bit higher. Um, so we'll, we'll get there. Uh, sure. 
And just to mention, on Nyla, she was, of course, a former AEW Women's World Champion one time. She won the Women's Casino Battle Royal in 2019. Uh, she won a Dynamite Award for Best Twitter, Twitter Follow. She's won some other awards. She was ranked 16 in the top 100 female wrestlers by the PWI. Uh, in 2020, and she's the first openly transgender wrestler to work for a major U.S. company. And I think you really have to, uh, you know, applaud her for for that because it's. I can imagine because you you see the type of I online you know stuff. I'll just say stuff that uh, just regular female and male wrestlers get. So the fact that she's very open uh, about being transgender and, and is proud of that and doesn't run from that. And I'm sure gets a lot of flack for that by a lot of people. Um, I think, I think she should be admired for, I think she is a strong role model uh, in, in, in that way. No, for right. I say I, for everything I've seen and how she's presented herself and presented that. No. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there was some recent controversy uh, with people just who act inappropriately, bring inappropriate. Yes, signs. bringing an odd sign. I I had uh, you know read read that. Even I'm not watching the programs. I can't keep up on the news, and I had had read that being a, a controversy recently. Right. Well, my number nine is Adam Rose. So I put him here because I didn't like the gimmick. I didn't think he was that special in the ring. And to me, he's under that category of talent called a channel changer. When he was on and when his rosebuds came down with him, it was annoying. And I just wanted to change the channel away from it. And, you know, you had somebody like um, No Way Jose in NXT. And eventually he did kind of flirt with the main roster for, for like a uh, cup of coffee. But uh, like, again, you have like this guy who's, character is just that he likes to party and he has people come down and party with him it didn't make any sense to me um uh, by the way his name is not adam rose it's raymond lapan and he was in fcw he was in nxt and, and he made his debut after wrestlemania 30 is when some of the vignettes for adam rose would start to appear and uh yeah i mean he's not a bad talent in the ring I just found his gimmick to be irritating. And uh, that's why he's here. So, Well, I've got Adam Rose higher, which we'll mention that number when we get there. And, and here's, the th here's the thing with him and why I think I have him higher is that, again, like I mentioned before, the difference between the Rose gimmick and other stuff. Uh, he had wrestled before becoming Adam Rose when hitting the main WWE roster as Leo Kruger and went back right. to that on the indie circuit when he left WWE. And again, I haven't seen a lot of Kruger, but I have seen some and I have heard that his his work was better as, as Leo Kruger. And that has a, like a lot to do with the gimmick. You know, Rose is a guy that, from everything I've heard, was, you know, better in developmental and indies, but he seemed to be one of the many guys who gets to the main roster. He's saddled with a silly gimmick. He doesn't commit to it. I don't think he was a – you can look. I don't think he was a fan of it while he was doing it. Right. Because he doesn't like it. And then he flames out. You know, you, I remember the Rosebuds. I remember the party gimmick. I remember him feuding with his rabbit. Uh, and but I don't remember any memorable, you know, other feuds or matches or storylines or anything with him. And right. even 
when you say, oh, well, he's got this bad gimmick, but he can show what he can do in the ring. Well, not if you got five minute raw matches and most of it is comic stuff with the rosebuds, you know? Right. So I, I think this is a guy that probably, if you just look at the Adam Rose period, probably deserves to be low on the list. If you look at everything else that he's done, he probably deserves to be a little higher on the list. Right. Well, well said. So, Leonard, we are on to number eight, I believe. My number eight for me is going to be Rosa Mendez. Um, she's uh, from Canada, but of Czech and uh, Puerto Rican descent. Costa Rican descent, my apologies, Costa Rican descent. She's uh, 42 and uh, retired now from professional wrestling. Um, she was on Total Divas uh, and also was a wrestler and a valet in the WWE for uh, several years. Uh, but looks like her she was part of the Diva Search in 06. Um, as she played Beth Phoenix's intern. Uh, she's probably, I think her best era was when she was managing Primo and Epico, right. uh, which was from 2011 to 2013. I thought she was a really good valet because she was active. She just wasn't pretty and stood there. She would yell, she would scream, she would pound the mat. She would help them out. She was active. It, she, right. it wasn't just Primo Epico and this girl that comes out with them. It was Primo Epico and Rosa. They felt like more of a trio. And, and I think that was her, her best uh, showing there. After that, she did wrestle some. Uh, she was around the era of like Kelly Kelly, Beth Phoenix, Michelle McCool, Layla L, uh, things like that. And um, so she, I think, fits that. Like she, she's not any worse or any better than really any of those ladies. Beth Phoenix, of course, would be on the upper echelon of that. But she fit uh, the time period um, that she that she was there. Uh, looking at some of her accomplishments, she was uh, in Florida Championship Wrestling and was queen of FCW. She also worked in Ohio Valley Wrestling and was their women's champion. Uh, in 2008, she ranked 43 of the top 50 female wrestlers that uh, PWI put out. Um, she won a Slammy Award for Best Use of Exercise Equipment in 2010. Don't really remember that angle. And then in 2013, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter gave her Worst Worked Match of the Year. Uh, which uh, appears to have been uh, a eight-man tag. I think I remember this tag match. It, I think I remember it, it was like it was something like every woman they had like against each other, and they all got like two seconds in the ring. It was like a five-minute match with like twelve women. Right. Yes, but so so you can't blame that on on Rosa. Uh, it was just to let you know her era. So she, this was Rosa Mendez teaming with AJ Lee, Oksana, Alicia Fox, Caitlin, and Summer Summer Ray and Tamina Snuka versus Brie Bella, Cameron, Eva Marie, JoJo, Naomi, Natalia, and Nikki Bella. That sounds awful. Uh, yeah. So that was that was that was her that was her era. So you know, I, I think I can't really rank Rosa higher as a wrestler, but I think she was an effective valet, and and she was certainly you know, an attractive woman. And she, you know, I think the outfits they put her in worked for the character, worked for the gimmick. Uh, and I did enjoy her working with Primo and Epico. Yeah. I mean, I, I have heard just a tad higher, but uh, I mean, I agree with what you said. This wasn't an era I was watching a lot of. Um, and to be truthful, this is like my least favorite diva era. If, if I would have to rank them, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I did think she was a fine valet for what she was. Um, you know, as you said, she's an attractive lady and uh, she seemed to commit to her role just fine. Um, and then, you know, she was in the business for a little bit and then she just wasn't. So, you know, hats off to her. Um, but my number eight pick is Angel Rose uh, Diamante, however you say her name. Um, you know, I, I'm familiar with her work uh, in AEW. She's a good talent, uh, up and coming. They have a lot of female talent that are, you know, progressing and trying to get better. And, uh, you know, I kind of alleviated my bottom two spots for people that stood out to me as annoying. Sorry, Rosemary. Um, but uh, this part of the list are the people that I thought were just fine, but didn't really make a big impression. <laughs> Okay. You could put my list into three phases, really. Um, so that's where Angel Rose falls in. I, I think she, ha- you know, can improve, and I hope to see her improve. There's a lot of diversity in AEW, um, much to uh, Swole's chagrin, uh, but there is a lot of diversity in AEW, and she's part of it. So that's my number eight. Okay. Number seven. So my number seven for me is uh, Randy Rose. We talked about him a little bit when we did our ranking of tag teams with the Express name in them because Randy Rose was not only part of the original Midnight Express, was also part of the original Midnight Express. <laughs> uh, so he so he started out with Dennis Condry in Norvell Austin, and then Bobby Eaton came in. Was uh, he better Rose. in the original Midnight Express or the original Midnight Express? Well, see, here's the difference is because the period of the first incarnation of the Midnight Express, there, there's not, I don't think, a lot out there or at least a lot that I have seen. So I'm most familiar with him when he had his run in WCW in the early 90s, teaming again with Dennis Condry as the original Midnight Express being. So you're a fan of him in the original Midnight Express. Yes, the original Midnight Express as opposed to the original Midnight Express. Right. Uh, because I don't, I haven't seen a lot of that. But uh, Randy, real name is Randall Alice. He's sixty-five um, in Nashville, Tennessee. I, I he's retired, but I know he has occasionally worked some conventions and has done some stuff when Bobby Eaton was still alive and with Conjuring Cornette and things like that, like a whole Midnight Express conglomerate type of thing. Uh, real dream and wrestler. He was uh, AWA, CWA. Central States, Deep South. Uh, he went into the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2019, uh, along with Condry and Eaton, part of, of the Midnight Express. And to, to me, Randy Rose is just like the average kind of 1980s wrestler. Whenever you would watch, especially a Southern promotion like NWA, Jim Crocker Promotions, etc., you would see guys like Randy Rose working underneath, you know, didn't have a great look, didn't have a great physique, uh, but an okay hand in in the ring. So, you know, I couldn't rank him a lot higher than, than seven. I'm sure some old school fans might think more of him than that. Uh, but again, I know him mostly from the original Midnight Express era when he was in WCW. And from that too, he always felt like a third wheel to me, even in that, like it was Condry, and Heyman, uh, a.k.a. Paulie Dangerously, and they would be like, and Randy Rose is over here. So he definitely didn't do a lot in promos. I don't remember a lot about him, but a solid enough hand of that era. Right. No, I agree. I have him a little bit higher, uh, but everything you said I agree with. 
Uh, all right, so my number seven is Rosa Mendez, which Leonard already discussed. Again, this wasn't an era I was watching every week, uh, but I do know who she is and was aware of her work enough that I can say that she's a very safe middle of the road pick for my list. Uh, you know, the Czech and Costa Rican combination is very interesting to me. When you said that, I was just I would kept thinking about that. What a what an interesting combination, but a very attractive lady. So, uh, yeah, the fact that she got out of the business, I'm sure she's happier because like I said, that was a weird era for Davis. It was like that transition era where they were trying to be more athletic, but like the company wanted them to be a certain thing and they were still called divas and the butterfly belt. And yeah. So moving on number six, Leonard, number six, I have Rosie, uh, also known as Matt. And I never know how to say the last name Anoye, perhaps, a-N-O-A apostrophe I. Uh, again, one of the famous Simone wrestling families. Umaga was his cousin. Roman Reigns is his brother. Uh, Rosie, unfortunately, died in, in 2017 at the age of 47. Uh, he's probably best remembered for um, two different gimmicks they had in WWE. Uh, he was part of Three Minute Warning, which um, was a tag team used by Eric Bischoff that he would... Uh, when things were boring, things were stale, things he didn't like, he would say, you've received your three-minute warning, and they would come out and beat up who was ever in the ring. And then after that, he became um, Rosie, the superhero in training, working with Hurricane Helms. So he wore kind of a costume and a mask and was very much a, a joke character yeah. comedy thing. And when Nikki Cross became Nikki Ash a was it a superhero training or i forget no. what they call it. but that's what i thought of when i first saw that i was like hey that's just rosie she's doing the rosie gimmick they were tag team that's, champions right he and the hurricane yes they were i believe one time I'm, I'm getting that that down here uh yeah he and the hurricane was one time tag team champions uh he held belts and other promotions uh again floated a, around a lot you know he was able to to work a lot because of his family connections and to work with different members of his family and different promotions uh i always liked rosie in both gimmicks i thought that three minute warning to the fact that he went from a menacing gimmick like three minute warning to a silly gimmick like rosie and the hurricane and both were fun and i liked both i think spoke to to him as a talent and he certainly is someone we lost too soon no, absolutely. I agree. I also have him a little bit higher. Um, we'll get there. And my next pick, number six, is Nyla Rose. So I, I like, I think Nyla Rose, it was, it was a very important part to the early growth of AEW and establishing the women's division as one that has some stability and a foundation. And uh, I, I think that she can be good in the ring. I think that she's more of the Brock Lesnar type in that nowadays, anyway, like the matches, if they're kept fairly short, they're a little bit better. When they try to have her go a little bit longer, that's when I think things can become a little awkward at times. Um, but I, I enjoy her, you know, pretty, pretty well in the ring. I think that if she's not used Oh, too much not overused i think it's better for her character um but uh but yeah uh again i i think she's been a really crucial part of how that women's division is growing the only thing is i think that as the division gets larger 
And as people start to jump ship or join from other promotions, I think that somebody like Nyla Rose will get maybe not lost in the shuffle, but will certainly get pushed down the card. But then again, that's why AEW is <laughs> creating a new belt, the TBS championship belt. So now effectively there will be, you know, a lot for some of these women to do. So, you know what, maybe she'll still be featured prominently. So, uh, yeah. But there's only so much time for them to do that in, even though I know they have, was it two web shows now? Uh, yeah, I'm, I know they, yeah, they have AEW Dark. Dark. Uh, and uh, there's Rampage, which is on Fridays. Uh, okay. And again, I'm, I know they have a, a lot, a lot of, of programming now. So, yeah. but that's good with the amount of talent they have. Uh, anyway, I already talked about Nyla Rose because I had her a lot lower on my list. And, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm interested in as I get back into watching EW, maybe seeing how she's grown and, and developed uh, in that time. Number five. So number five for me is is uh, uh, Adam Rose, who we've already talked about uh, oh. because you had him a lot lower. Number and five. Yeah, I've got I've gone at the halfway point um, because because again, if you factor in the Leo Kruger stuff, I think he deserves to be higher on the list. All right. Well, I'll take it. My number five. Again, we can kind of speed through some of these. Is yeah. uh, is Randy Rose um, and everything Leonard said? I agree with. He wasn't known for his promos, but he was a good journeyman type hand in the ring. Very much territory guy. Was all over the place. Um, obviously, his biggest claim to fame was the Midnight Express feud. And uh, yeah, I mean, no complaints about him. I mean, very much an '80s look to him, wouldn't you say, Leonard? Yes, very much. Got the mustache and the curly hair and like kind of like a Magnum TA type. Right. If you were going to do an 80s creator wrestler, that it would probably look something like Randy Rose. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So my four is Rosemary, who we've already talked about. I think just because I'm a little more familiar with the character and I like the character more than and you. And the fact that she's not Daphne. And the fact that she is not Daphne. Right. Um, put her a lot higher on my, on my list. So I had her at number four. All right. Well, my number four is Rosie. And you already talked about Rosie. Um, I, I think that what you said was was right on about her about him. He he seemed to really commit to the gimmicks that he was given and really seemed, you know, optimistic about both of them. Like he really seemed like he enjoyed what he was doing. And that can come through the screen, even if it's a silly gimmick. Um, you know. We just we talked about, you know, Adam Rose and, you know, maybe even we both agreed that maybe he wasn't as committed to the Adam Rose gimmick. But if you look at Shane Helms and Rosie and the gimmicks that they were given, like that could have lasted two weeks if they didn't care. Like they really could have. But like they committed to it, like they were all in on it. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed his work. We did lose him uh, way too soon. Um, but, you know, what a. What a family family legacy there um, that continues to this day, obviously. Um, and we certainly hope that uh, Roman Reigns gets better soon because he has COVID right now. So, yes. All right, Leonard. So it, it appears that our top three are the same three people. Are they in the same order? We will find out. My number three is Mandy Rose. 
currently in WWE, she's 31. Her real name is Amanda Rose Sakamano. She's from Westchester County, New York. She, um, at the time of this recording, a few months ago, went from being blonde to brunette. I liked her better as a blonde, and a lot of people likes the new brunette version of her. I liked her better as, as a blonde. Um, she has done fitness modeling along with professional wrestling. She is the current NXT Women's Champion at the time of this recording. And while I have been watching NXT, I've heard good things about her work with Toxic Attraction in NXT. And it seems like that's given her a career boost uh, and some career revitalization. I also like the tag team that she had with Sonya Deville. When they first debuted, I didn't think that they needed Paige because Paige wasn't wrestling at the time. She was just kind of there saying, I bless these two ladies, so you should like them. Like, that was yeah. all. That yeah, that was kind of an awkward situation since Paige's career kind of had to end very, yeah. very abruptly. So they were trying to give her some work to do, you know. But, yeah, no, I agree with you. She didn't really need to be there. Yeah, yeah. But when they were kind of on their own and just together, I like that dynamic. It seems like they are friends and enjoyed working with each other, and I like that dynamic. Um, Mandy Rose, I think, walks a nice line. Because it seems like when you talk about female wrestlers, they're either just hot and sexy or they're serious in-ring workers. And with Mandy Rose, they've tried to do both with her character. You know, she is someone that they put out there as she's hot. This is a hot chick. But at the same time, she can handle herself in the ring. She can wrestle. And so I think Mandy's actually someone that could probably fit in in different eras because of that dichotomy. And she, as, as I said, she's only 31. She's got a high ceiling. I think definitely she's someone who, if she takes the most of this current opportunity, being the NXT Women's Champion, is someone who's, uh, I think, stock can only continue to, to go up. All right. Well, my number three is Buddy Rose. And I am familiar with some Buddy Rose matches that I've come across over the years. He was a great talent in the ring. He uh, had, he was in a lot of different promotions. Um, I know the match that comes to mind was uh, Buddy Rose. I forget who his tag team partner was against the Midnight Rockers. Yeah, Doug uh, Summers. Doug Summers, yes, thank you. Um, which was a great match. Um, there are other matches. Um, I know that listening to podcasts, you know, as he, as he like tended to get older and maybe a little bit heavier, um, his work started to suffer a little bit, but, uh, Buddy Rose, I definitely think is one of those classic wrestlers that you immediately think of if somebody were to say, Hey, name a person with the name Rose. I do think most wrestling fans would probably mention him at one or two as far as like the first person that comes to their mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, certainly not chiseled out of granite, but uh, <laughs> he was, he was very good in the ring, could sell really well. Um, not as familiar with his promo work, although I'm sure it's fine. Uh, maybe Leonard is, but uh, yeah, number three for me. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll save my thoughts on Buddy Rose because I have him a little bit higher and you'll figure that out when I say my number two is Thunder Rosa. Um, you know, I got to know her during her work, uh, with the NWA and I was, I mentioned how I was watching the NWA when they first had their YouTube show and she was part of that. 
And I was also aware of her as uh, Cobra Moon in Lucha Underground. I was watching Lucha Underground as as well. Um, she is uh, from uh, Tijuana uh, originally. Uh, her real name is Melissa Cervantes. She's 35. She's actually a little older than I thought she was. Um, and again, she has wrestled in a lot of different promotions, a lot of different companies. She currently is working for AEW, All, All Elite Wrestling. And I know her, Serena Deeb, and Britt Baker are considered probably the three, not only best women that they have, but three of the best women wrestling, you know, today in, in the world, or at least in the U.S. Uh, she's also done some mixed martial arts stuff in the past. Um, again, different promotions. Uh, she ranked number five in the top 50, top 150 female wrestlers, uh, by PWI just this past year for 2021. Um, she was uh, a trios champ in Lucha Underground one time with Daga and Jeremiah Snake. Great name. I have to look up who Jeremiah Snake is. I'm sure he's somebody else. I just don't recognize the name. Uh, and uh, she was the NWA World Heavyweight Champion one time. Female champion, I should say. And um, just, I think, a great overall uh, talent. Um, Sammy Callahan was Jeremiah Snake. So there you go. I just, I just found that out. So yeah, we need to get um, Jeremiah Snake. We need, yeah, we need to get Jeremiah Snake shirt. Maybe he can wrestle off to Frank. Uh, <laughs> but I love, I love Thunder Rosa. I, and then two, one time when I was watching NWA, they were doing kind of a clip show, and one was sort of a background on Thunder Rosa. And she seems to have a real heart for her community and where she comes from and for the fans. And I found out that she has a vlog where she eats tacos with other wrestlers. Right before we came on the air, I was watching uh, her and Jerry Lynn eating tacos. So I think that's my new goal is for the nitty gritty to get big enough that we can eat tacos with Thunder Rosa. I, I, that's a goal I'm willing to shoot for. <laughs> that's, that's a goal we should, we should go for. So, uh, I love her look. I love the, the half the face painted and the other half not. Um, I, I just think she's a wonderful talent in the ring. I think she's someone who lets her, uh, real personality and, uh, the pride she has in her ethnicity really come out and be part of her character and who she is. Um, like Rosemary, you know, she's getting older, but I think, Thunder Rosa probably has a few more good years yet. And I really do hope that she is someone that they do decide to really uh, focus the AEW wins division uh, around. I know she's getting some prominent wins now, uh, but to really be the centerpiece of that division, I think would be smart. Yeah. Um, I have her a little bit higher. We'll get there. My number two pick is Mandy Rose. Mm -hmm. And uh, just to capitalize on what Leonard said, I mean, she is very hot and that's, but that's not the only thing she brings to the table. Um, I do think that her work in NXT has really kind of revitalized her in a, in a big way. Um, she was very good in, you know, on the main roster, but they tried to kind of saddle her with just the hot looking blonde gimmick. There really wasn't much more to it. And I think that she had, more to offer um so the fact that she's in nxt now and has a new look and is with you know toxic attraction which is you know a great uh tag team there i think has really given her um a lot more to do so i i do think that you'll see her back on the main roster 
um, probably sooner rather than later, simply because I think she's doing a great job. Um, but the, the truth of the matter is like, she could, you know, just watching her walk on screen, I was keep the channel on there. So yeah. sorry if that's where my mind's at, but, uh, there you go. <laughs> well, we're going to, we're going to move to a different direction. Cause my number one, as you could guess is playboy buddy Rose. Um, you know, I think a lot of people today, when they think of buddy Rose, our age group, they think of the blow away diet joke vignette that the WWF did. Um, he had gained a lot of weight at that time. I, I saw a quote from him that at one point during that period, Vince McMahon came in the locker room. He said, y'all need to work out more. Y'all need to be in better shape. Y'all need to have bigger muscles, except for Buddy Rose. Buddy, stay the way you are. Because <laughs> he understood that the weight was part of the gimmick at that point. You know, his heaviness right. was part of the gimmick at that point. And I went and looked at some pictures of him from like the early to mid-70s. And you wouldn't even believe it was the same guy. But he was uh, a veteran with about 25-year career. You name the territory. He was there, won titles. Again, even right before the big weight gain uh, in 1985, he was at the very first WrestleMania. We talked about that when we did our Tito Santana video because he was under the mask as the executioner. He had that tag title run, the AWA with Doug Summers, um, and had some very good matches with the Midnight Rockers. And they won those belts off of uh, Scott Hall and Kurt Hennig. And, and those were some good matches with them as well. So he was a solid wrestler, a decent promo. I have heard some of his promos. Nothing to write home about. They could get his point across. And I think it's sad that people only remember him as a joke in later years. And I do agree with you if you ask any longtime wrestling fan, hey, name a wrestler that has a Rose-related name, Rose in their name. Buddy Rose is probably one that's, that's going to, to come up. Absolutely. Um, my number one is Thunder Rosa. And I, I think that she's such a key part of women's wrestling in general right now, especially the AEW roster. She's really committed to her gimmick. Uh, the fans get behind her. She has that kind of determination that you can't fake. Like she's very passionate in the ring. And, uh, and again, for all, all the things that Leonard said about how she represents her culture, um, she did just uh, lose to uh, Jade Cargill in the TBS tournament uh, because Mercedes Martinez uh, came out of nowhere and debuted in AEW uh, to help Jade win that match. So um, I actually think it makes more sense for Thunder Rosa to be competing for the main women's title there. And I think you will see that. I think that she needs to maybe come out of her shell in terms of promo work a little bit um, because right, right now there is no one that can really hold a candle to Britt Baker there. They're really just, I mean, she's great in the ring and she's great on the mic. And that's kind of the double combo that you need. Um, but there are some women that are on the way and I think Thunder Rosa is one of them. So yeah, I, I really enjoy watching her in the ring. I always know she's going to be in the match that it's going to be a good match. And that's a reputation that you want to have. Um, and I think that Tony Khan recognizes people like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoy her work a lot. So that wraps up our list, right, Leonard? Right, of, of uh, the best roses, or at least the roses that we have heard of. All right. Well, we have a bonus for you 
and that is also been dubbed affectionately storm warning right leonard yes because it's people with the last name of storm um these uh again i was kind of thinking well what other name is similar to rose i hit upon storm and there isn't as many again a lot of indie people that yeah a lot of people haven't heard of that have used the name storm so this is just six so we're just doing six uh, of these names and in rough alphabetical order we're going to be talking about denise storm devon storm aka crowbar james storm lance storm tim storm and tony storm and I'm going to guess that we probably have the same number six, and it's Denise Storm. <laughs> she's probably the least known of the people on this list. Uh, when I was looking at names, I went, that name sounds familiar. And I looked up a little bit about her, and she was a uh, professional wrestler in the early 1990s. Uh, she was part of uh, a promotion that was a successor to GLOW called Ladies Professional Wrestling Association, which was a little bit better than, than that company as far as putting on serious affairs. Uh, they had one pay-per-view in 1992 called Super Ladies Showdown, and Denise got a win on that show over Susan Green. You've watched that and, a few times, right, Leonard? Well, at least, at least six times on Fast Forward. <laughs> and uh, she was involved in the LPWA Japanese Championship Tournament. It was, um, and she was in the finals of that, losing to Harley Sato. So she got all the way through this tournament. Um, again, I don't know a whole lot about her other than the few things I've looked up about about her going into this. Uh, but she seems to be a very uh, capable and, and, and notable name of early 90s women's professional wrestling, a period where there wasn't really a lot going on. It was still considered kind of a niche thing. But she was there, and she was working, and our hats off the storm. If you're out there, look us up. Absolutely. We'd love to interview you. Um, unfortunately, I had to look up this name just to see who it was. At first, I looked at the name Denise Storm, and I was like, no, it's not Denise Austin, not the fitness chick. I was like, this is, this is somebody else. And yes, I'm not familiar with her work. In the late 80s to early 90s was obviously not a very great period for women's wrestling thankfully it is uh you know very prominent and you know growing now but it certainly was now all right my number five is devon storm aka crowbar and again crowbar teamed with david flair and was managed by daphne not rosemary in wcw so i think most people know him as crowbar uh, but he did wrestle as Devin Storm primarily on the indie circuit, was in a lot of smaller promotional promotions and regional promotions uh, throughout the mid-90s to early aughts. And um, in WCW, was the cruiserweight champ, was the hardcore champ, was tag champ with David Flair. Um, so, you know, was that's one thing I always thought was interesting with all the people they had. I think it's because David Flair was involved that that they got time. Like, they got matches, they got time. So I think Crowbar was probably very lucky that he managed to hook his wagon to David Flair to at least get some screen time in a very crowded WCW during that period. Um, Devin Storm was kind of one of those names that, you know, that late night was a period where 
I was kind of starting to get online and reading different blogs and dirt sheets and, and, and learning about the whole world of pro wrestling that's out there. And uh, Devin Storm was a guy who, you know, I heard that name uh, being on the indie circuit and someone that people really liked uh, as far as being on the indie circuit and someone that people had high hopes for. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, he didn't maybe necessarily live up to all those, but he did have some national exposure. And uh, that exposure was more under the name Crowbar than Devin Storm, but part of our Storm list. Yeah, I mean, he is uh, not my next pick, but uh, I'm familiar with his his work as Crowbar, certainly, and uh, very much in the hardcore division. Uh, a lot of the pay-per-views I've oh, been watching lately, you know, for podcasts are some of the late WCW pay-per-views, and he was a big feature of the, the hardcore division, which is not a very known WCW division, but uh, he was there and uh, mm-hmm. was willing to put his body through a lot of pain because he, you know, it's certainly featured. Um, so, yeah, I have no complaints, really, uh, about his work. He, he was a little bit higher for me. Um, okay. My number five pick is James Storm. So oh. here is why. So in listening to some of the podcasts I listen to, um, specifically 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, he, Eric Bischoff is not very high on James Storm. And one of the things that they mention, and it's once you hear it, it's really hard to not see it when you watch his matches. And that is that when he would be on the card to win, he would be really passionate and really, you know, amped up and ready to go. When he was slated to lose, he would walk to the ring with like a boo-boo face and wouldn't really care what was going on. And you can see it. And I, I definitely think that he was in the right place at the right time with Beer Money. Beer Money is a great tag team, but who's the person in WWE in the main roster? It's Bobby Roode <laughs> because that was the talent there. Uh, James Storm, I think, can play a certain type of character and can be good in a tag team. But as a singles guy, I just don't think he has main event potential. Um, So, like I said, I'm sounding more negative here, but uh, he has provided a lot of entertainment with beer money. And, uh, you know, is one of those guys is known for drinking beer on the way to the ring and all that. Um, I just think that he could be somewhat lackadaisical when he wanted to be, um, uh, when he wasn't motivated, rather, um, which is unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, that's why I have him at number five. Well, he's my number four, so I can go ahead and talk about him now. Um, Originally, I had him higher, but the more I thought about it, he kind of came down a little bit. And um, I had heard that critique against him. Uh, Eric Bischoff's podcast. Uh, but that wasn't really what I thought about. He just isn't someone that I was ever a really big fan of. I, I certainly recognize the fact that he was part of two really popular and solid tag teams in Impact, that being America's Most Wanted with Chris Harris and then Beer Money with Bobby Roode. And I think both of those tag teams would go down as being two of the best Impact had. I think Storm was, I can't remember if he was an Impact original or he was there close to day one, and they kind of gave him that uh, moniker because there was a period there where he was the flag bearer of original TNA for a while. And that's when his 
uh, singles career started kind of really going and he had the championship win and he came to NWA during the period that I was watching it. And so I don't know, it's just something about him that I, I never really, you know, cared for. He would pop up. I would be fine with him. Um, the beer drinking cowboy thing, something we've seen. He does play it well. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think he's got a lot to offer, but maybe as, as you said, he never really applied himself in certain situations and maybe that's why he never rose above a certain rank. He was in WWE for a cup of coffee and I believe he left of his own accord and it probably was because he wasn't getting the mega push that he thought he deserved. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Bruce Pritchard has talked about that a little bit. Um, so my number four pick is Devin Storm Crowbar. And, you know, I already talked a little bit about him. Uh, you know, some of the things you might not know is that he took part in the first ever light heavyweight championship tournament. Um, he would wrestle and lose to Takamichi Noku, who would go on to win the tournament. But he was under the Devin Storm name there. So it'd be interesting to go back and look at that match. Um, but yes, his main claim to fame is world championship wrestling. As I said, with the hardcore division, um, he had a big feud with Terry Funk. Uh, like I said, over the, uh, hardcore championship, he would return to the Devin storm name when he went to the indie circuit. And, uh, he was for a little bit on in TNA under the name Tempest. And he was also in all elite wrestling for a cup of coffee. He was on an episode of, AEW Dark Elevation, and he lost to uh, Joey Janela. So he's still around. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I, I think that he has was in just horrible place at the horrible time with late WCW. And uh, obviously, it wasn't maybe the best, you know, group to be paired with, with David Flair. But uh, yeah, he seems to be good in the ring to me. So no other complaints. So my number three is uh, Tim Storm, who is someone I got to know when I started watching the NWA. Uh, he is 57 years old, still working for the NWA. He's originally from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Um, he's been wrestling since 1995 and primarily on in very small regional promotions throughout the, the Southeast and Southwest. Um, his biggest claim to fame is, of course, being the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. And he was the one who dropped that to Nick Aldis. And he was he's also been the North American Heavyweight Champion two times. And what I really like about Tim Storm is that he kind of reminds me of a lot of the guys I see here on the indie circuit in Ohio. They have regular nine-to-five jobs during the week. They go somewhere on the weekends to wrestle for little more than gas money and have done that for 20 years and do it for the love of the game. And Tim Storm seemed to be the in the right place at the right time. The NWA was at their lowest point and he winds up getting the title and then Billy Corgan buys it and he starts to bring in some talent and they start rising up and he's there. And it's similar to the storyline I mentioned possibly for Sam Houston when we did our Sam Houston episode, the grizzled veteran cowboy. That's Tim Storm. And um, I connect to that character. I like him. He seems like a cool dude. He seems like a dude you can go out and have a beer with. 
And it's just amazing that someone who you would call between a journeyman and just a regular indie dude could have that at prestige, holding the same belt, Ric Flair, Harley Race, you know, Sting, all these guys held um, is amazing. And um, I'm just, I, I became a really big uh, Tim Storm fan when I started to watch the, the NWA. I think he's a heck of a talent and, and a heck of a guy. Yeah, he's my number three pick as well. Um, and uh, for all the reasons that you mentioned, I'm, I haven't watched as much of his work as you have, uh, but what I have seen, I've enjoyed, and uh, I would like to watch more. NWA power is uh, not always the easiest thing to track down, uh, but I would like to watch more of his stuff. Um, but yeah, seems like a good talent in the ring and, uh, you know, built well. So yeah, I echo everything you said. So I guarantee these will be switched for us. Guarantee it. Okay. 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 Because my two is Tony Storm. Okay. Yeah. So Tony Storm, she's from New Zealand originally. Only 26 years old, has accomplished a lot in that time, including uh, being the NXT Women's Champion and I think really the flag bearer of the NXT UK brand uh, when that was. Is that still a thing? Does yeah. the UK brand still exist or do they? collapse that it's no, still no, there it's still there it's just the thing is now is that the it's kind of lacking the powerhouse champions that they had i mean you had tony storm and you had walter um now right Walter yes. had some killer matches uh with dragon off in 2021 uh but walter is not there now i'm assuming this is a big assuming that walter yeah. is going to be on the main roster sometime soon um you might see i, I maybe he'll we'll see him in the rumble that would be a cool debut uh, yeah but i don't know uh so yeah it, it is still a thing but uh i think they're just kind of in that transition period right now well she won the may young classic in 2018 she was ranked seven in the top 10 women's wrestlers of the year for 2018 by sports illustrated and um for the PWI in 2019, she was their 13th ranked wrestler out of 100. At the time of this recording, she had just she has just left WWE. Apparently, yep. there's some conflicting things. Either she asked for her release, or she just left. One, one or the other. And um, I haven't seen probably as much of her as Chad has, and I'm sure he'll talk more about her in ring work. Uh, but I have seen her in the ring. I like her talent. I think she's great with room to grow. I love her look because she's like a, a like the tough chick look, the leather look, the backwards baseball cap, that that stuff. I think she looks unique. I think she's we we talked about Mandy Rose being sort of a mix of a serious wrestler and pretty, citing more to the pretty. I think Tony Storm kind of has that, but slightly more towards the tough chick. Uh, uh, element to her and being a serious wrestler to her so yeah i, re I really do do like tony storm i think i probably need a bigger sample size um by the time this comes out she may be in aew i know that's the talk of her going over there and that was certainly add to a women's division that we've talked about with thunder rosa uh being on the rise right well we'll get to her in a second she's my number one pick but my number two pick is lance storm 
And obviously Lance Storm would probably be the name that most people would think of when they talk about people with the name Storm. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think that Lance Storm's work in the ring is underrated. I think he's done some really good stuff over the years. I do think that he needs a equally as good person to work with to really have that work stand out. Um, his kind of monotone promo delivery and the can I be serious for a minute thing has sort of tired on me, but at the same time, it fit his character and his personality. Um, I don't think that Lance Storm has done himself any favors on social media as of late. Um, no. I think that he talks a lot and maybe shouldn't. <laughs> you know, I'm not in the wrestling business, but I think that sometimes his opinions don't do him any favors. So, but having said that, you know, his uh, his work in WCW and WWE was pretty good. He was, he's a mid-card guy, but he's one of the highlights of a mid-card division for me. Um, oh, yeah. If I was having, if I had, did start my own promotion, you'd want a mid-card guy like Lance Storm uh, who can play characters to a certain, with, you know, certainly in a certain type of box um, and can also have a good uh, to really good match for you any night of the week. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I like Lance Storm. Um, but he's not as nice to look at as my number one pick. So go ahead, Leonard. <laughs> well, I went. He's my number one, and I went on in ring ability. I went on in ring work. Um, I clearly think on this show. Yes, that, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. We we can rank. We can use different criteria. It's fine. Right. Uh, but I love I love Lance Storm as an in ring worker as a wrestler. Um, I have even watched some of his early stuff in Smoky Mountain Wrestling when he was tagging with Chris Jericho as the Thrill Seekers and all the potential both of them showed at that time. Uh, he was certainly a highlight of late era WCW when he was doing the Canadian gimmick and he was carrying the flags around and won, I think, two or three of the different belts and was holding different belts at the same time. Um, the, the problem, I think, is the fact that when he got to WWE, they didn't really know what to do with him. Right. You know, there was gimmick where typical Steve Austin was calling him boring and getting the fans to chant boring at him. <laughs> because I think he does come off as dry, just as a character, as a person. I think he can cut a promo, uh, but he would rather just get in the ring and work, I think, as opposed to playing a character or doing the mic work, even though he has that ability. So just based on the in-ring work and the long career that he's had. Um, you know, I believe he's, he's like semi, kind of semi-retired now. I don't think he's 100% retired. He seems to pop up here and there still um, uh, doing some things. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of, of Landstorm. As you said, um, he's on uh, social media saying some things, and I haven't read a whole lot of that stuff. I am aware of it. But in-ring work-wise, I go with Lance Storm as my number one. And now you can talk about Tony Storm. Right. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Tony Storm. I think that she's one of my favorite up-and-coming female talents. Um, she's certainly easy on the eyes, and but that's not – it's a very unique look. And Leonard talked about that, too. And that's what I like about her. Uh, she's not – she doesn't come across as, like, a cookie-cutter in terms of, like, the way she looks and the way she delivers herself. She has that kind of badass – side you know uh with the uh the backwards cap and just the way she dresses 
Um, but she also is very good in the ring. And my guess would be that she might show up in AEW. I don't know if the 90 day no non-compete applies to her or not. Um, what I had heard is that she just, after a main event match, she was in the main event against Charlotte Flair. I think it was a triple threat. Uh, but she just requested and received her release. And if I had to guess, now I'm sure we'll hear about it at some point. Um, you know, not only like, so part of it seems to be that maybe she's a little burned out. Um, the, the WWE schedule has been known to wear on people over the years, but I would be shocked if part of it wasn't the fact that she maybe felt like there wasn't much room for growth there. Um, you know, you have your Becky Lynch's, your Sasha Banks, your uh, Charlotte Flair's, um, but it's tough to kind of rise above them. And maybe she was worried that after her main event push with Charlotte, that she would just kind of get pushed back down. Uh, I don't know, though. Uh, that's just kind of what I gather from a sudden uh, exit like that. But uh, she's had some really great matches with Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley. And uh, I really think that she can serve a company very well. I would love to see her in AEW uh, just to see, you know, how her style meshes with some of the people there. Um, I know uh, Britt Baker has, you know, she posted a photo of Tony Storm shortly yes. after this whole debacle went down. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, she has a lot left in her and uh, I can't wait for her to show back up somewhere. If it ends up being TNA, and that would certainly give me a motivation to check out uh, TNA, which I really don't. But uh, anywho, yeah. So those are our Rose Garden and Storm Warning lists. We got to keep coming up with the names. Right. It's a, it's a creative stable. Maybe that's what this is our new segment. It's a creative stable. Think of it's similar when we did the people who had the aquatic gimmicks. Right, but more, but more name related. So maybe we'll we'll continue to do this, either linked gimmicks or linked names or something like that uh, in in the future. But certainly these types of lists are fun, and I know when we first started out, we were like, "Ha, ah, this is going to be tough because we seem to agree so much." But as we see with this list, you yeah, know, we didn't. We didn't. We were all over all over the place, close or a number off here and there, uh, but but a little bit different and. And, you know, that's our, our differing uh, opinions. And I think we come at it from a bit of a different way. Me being more retro-weighted, Chad still watching in, the, in the, the current product. But hopefully I'll be able to check out some AEW. And next time I will let you know my thoughts on, on the programming that I get to watch. Absolutely. That'll be fun. And uh, something I didn't mention at the top of the show um, is that as we record this, we are right in the middle of the two-night uh, or three-night perhaps uh, Wrestle Kingdom 16, uh, which is going on right now. I've got my Okada shirt on and uh, my, yeah, my kids, it's like an anime style shirt. My kids were really questioning me of what, what, what is that? You know, who is that? <laughs> oh, it's, uh, you know, Okada, he's from Japan. Anyway, um, so that is going on. And finally, something I have been waiting years for, Bobby Lashley is finally going to face Brock Lesnar for the WWE heavyweight title at the Royal Rumble. Will it be a technical five-star classic? Probably not. It probably won't be very long, but I think that a lot of fans have been waiting to see this. It is one of those, you know, you could put it in a category of dream matches. 
It's one of the few dream matches they've got left they can book. And it seems like it's happened almost by accident because of the Roman Reigns COVID yeah. situation. I don't know if they were planning for this at all. I really don't. But it's happening, and I'm happy that it's happening. Uh, I hope – I can't I'm, – I'm looking forward to the promos uh, that come out of that because they really could be creative, especially Paul Heyman back in the mix. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, one, it's the first thing I've been excited for with WWE for a while. Uh, not only the fact that it's coming up to the Rumble, which is always probably one of my favorite pay-per-views to watch. Yes, and I'll probably try to watch the Rumble, and we can talk about that. And usually this time of year, we talk about past Rumbles, either our favorite Rumbles or a Rumble right. we want to talk about. So off the air, I was going to ask you if that's what you want to do for the next show. But well, um, last time we did like favorite Rumbles, we could do like, um, I don't know. Should least we favorite? Rumbles we hate. <laughs> Rumbles, we can, rumbles. We can rebook a rumble. That might be fun. Oh, that might be. That'd be really complicated if you're booking where people are entering and exiting at. Yeah. That's, that's, we'll, we'll talk more about this. I've got ideas in yes. my head now. The so. next, but the next, the next episode will probably be somehow rumble related. How about that for a teaser? Absolutely. Um, so please check us out on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you'd rather listen to us. Uh, hit the like button on our YouTube video, subscribe to our channel. And uh, for Leonard, my name is Chad. We will see you next week. And Alexa, we'll see you out.